That's what I love about these high school girls, man. I get older, they stay the same age. <laughs> the 50s were boring. The 60s rocked. The 70s, oh my God, they obviously suck. Dazed and confused. See it with a bud. Behind every good man, there's a woman. These are my streets, the only life I've ever known. Who says you can't go? Well, all right, all right, all right. Hey, we broke this episode up into two parts, so let's jump back in for part two of 7576, the Dazed and Confused episode. All right, so I got one more board meeting to report on here. And let's look at this is the March 11th board meeting, the same night as the game I just talked about. Okay. Um, Busy night in Bridgeport. Yeah. And uh, so happy 31st birthday to my dad on Friday, March 12th. Uh, he's been rehired as principal at yeah, C School. Right. So a nice little, go, nice little early birthday present Heck for him yes. there. What's he, what's um, he pull? The, I got to think what's he pulling down right now? 18 grand? I think I've got some of that. They don't have his. It's, it's at. At the most, yeah, back. right. They had some other salaries on there, and you know the high school principal always gets paid the most. And Mr. Rice was in the like high teens, I believe. So my dad was probably way much lower yeah, than that. All the principals were rehired. Um, some big names: Jerry Schaefer, um, uh, who we mentioned on the last show, was the one that hired Coach Dixon. Coach Dixon, yeah. Uh, Br- Brad Schrader. Um, Dave, was he already retired? Or did you have him as a principal out there for a little bit at Washington, Mr. Schrader? No, he was a substitute teacher. Okay. So, yeah, he would have been retired. So Brad Schrader, Great uh, hair. Mr. Rice, of course, uh, Sam Brookhart out at Petty, um, Ray Wagner, of course, at the 5 6 Center. Future senior <clears throat> Olympic participant? Yes. Um, and then, let's see. My mom got rehired for a second year in the Red Hill District. Boy, so, it, so it was a good birthday. Married. Good birthday yeah. for me. <laughs> yeah, so it's uh, two two years. We were tenured after two years then, so she got her second year now. So if she can do well this year, she'll get tenured and get continue teaching. So she was out at Washington um, at that time, actually coaching or teaching with Mr. Strader. She taught half day. Had no idea she taught at Washington School. Yep. She had the guys like uh, Doug Grismer and those guys. She was fourth grade back when they were um, okay. back when, back when they were in school. Um, the theater department, uh, we talked, they just probably, I have to assume we had the best theater department in Southeastern Illinois, uh, led by Mr. Clymer. They're going to be performing, uh, Brigadoon oh. and this kind of answers one of my questions I had earlier. Um, I guess we had, it was an off the air question, but, um, so we're going to need two people to assist with Brigadoon. I mean, Clymer can do a lot, but he can't do it all. He's going to need some help and he'd like him to get paid a little bit for this. Um, can I guess which two staff okay. members is he going to get to help him? And these are people that we're all familiar with Leonard Hazlett to build the sets. Yes. No. Okay. Mr. <laughs> Mr. Hazlett did not help out. I was really set. confident in that one. We've already <laughs> talked other, about them. You said, um, or no off the air. I mentioned one of them before we went on the air today. I, I mentioned one, uh, Phil to <laughs> <two goal. laughs> No, he, he does, actually wasn't involved. He does in everything. <laughs> I'm sh- or at least not paid for his work. I'm sure he helped would help out wherever oh, you know yeah. Mr. Clymer needed needed something. Yeah. But um, so it seems like well, actually I mentioned at- one of them on the podcast. I mentioned him during my wrestling report. I mentioned this teacher. I did mention him. Jim Dury. No, he did not help out. Brian's favorite teacher in the high school. My, my. I always favorite? consider him your favorite teacher. Bob Gifford. Nope. No, he went there. Brian had quite a bond with this guy his senior year. 
and I'm not oh. being sarcastic. Otis Hamill. Yeah, Mr. Hamill uh, is going to get paid three fifty for his work. So three hundred and fifty. Three fifty. Yeah. Wow. And we can't throw <laughs> Huber two hundred to start a basketball program. Jeez. Um, so I'm sure he helped with lines and things like that, yeah. being you know a linguist and so forth. I'm sure he helped with a lot of those things. Um, and then of course you're going to need a set, um, and you want your sets to look good. So John Brooks. Nope. And you, I'm talking like you know making the the Brigadoon scene. I don't know what Brigadoon is. Was it on on the ocean or something? I know. <laughs> you're going to need that. You're going to need that background of the ocean and so forth and the big ship behind you. Um, I want to say Phil Negley, but I'm not oh, sure yeah, he's there yeah. yet. Oh, yes. So yes, that answers yes. my question. I had off the air. Was Mr. Negley teaching there yet? Yes, uh, yes he was. Okay. Uh, so, I forgot um, about yeah. You might he hear did his that. name later in the and he, podcast. Yeah, he did that for a long time. Um, worked yeah, so on sets and things. Yeah, so 150 goes to Mr. Negley. Wow. Um, I think well, he only get 100. I was going to say, I think we've uh, I think we've decided the pecking I order. Guess, for sure. yes. I guess uh, I guess Hamill could negotiate better. Yeah. I'm, I'm, now, listen, then, uh, I love Otis also, Hamill. Oh, they also hired Ethel Erkman, but I had no idea who that was. So I didn't highlight her as much. I just put her in parentheses. So <laughs> Ethel helped out a lot, too, with that. I don't know, played. Well, I'm sure Climber did the piano. I, listen, I love Otis Hamill. I'm sure he worked hard. <laughs> Your dad's making give or take 15 large as principal of the school and Hamill's getting 350 to assist <laughs> for the musical. Well, I mean, it's like, if you're going to be the best in Southeastern Illinois, I mean, you got, yeah. you, you, you got to make those All right. uh, sacrifices financially, I guess. I'm I'll, just trying to look at the board. I'll go with here. it. Okay. Um, the board, the building trades, uh, just purchased a lot west of the country club. I thought I wrote this down, but it's not here. Maybe I just read about it later, but I believe this was the house that Ed Williams would go oh, to purchase. Oh, uh, uh, yeah. Spoiler alert. Trust me. Okay, we've that's got, probably why I didn't write uh, in my yeah, notes. I saw it later. We've got more <laughs> um, coming up on that. Yeah, because, oh, yeah, because you got all the names of the people that bid and everything, yeah. I'm sure, because I read that article. Um, so, yeah, so west of the country club, uh, the building trades, they purchased that lot. And then some extra duty increments. Um, the house so went up fast. they're redoing all the, all the coaching stipends and so forth. The high end of it was 1,350 uh, varsity boys basketball and football coach. Head football coach would be making 1,350. And then the lowest on there was, um, I guess Phil Negley doesn't count because it wasn't in the contract, but uh, 255 for junior high yearbook got paid $255. So that, that was the range. It didn't go through who made what, but it went through so the So you're telling number. me that a full year of pictures and putting together a yearbook makes less than what Otis Hamill did to assist for the Brigadoon. I need to get, because I, I, I'm friends with Doug on Facebook, Doug Hamill, so I have to ask him kind of what, what his dad was in, and this might be a way to get Doug listening to the show. I'd like to know if Doug's the one that was, if Doug and Dave, if, if they're interchangeable or not. No, uh, yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, oh, yeah, because you remember Dave mowing lawns around, yeah. around town. So that's that's my highlights from that school from that school board meeting okay. i'll have the election results later on in the in the pod um so let's get into the boys basketball season now john brooks yeah john brooks was our head coach um this team uh went on um i would say of course our teams in the late 80s um were very successful i would say this team was our best team until like stacy Moore, stacy Moore and lance smith and clifford york and those guys until their junior or senior year uh, some might argue the junior t- when they were juniors, maybe they could play with this team, but I'll say until their senior year, this was the best team Red Hill. And we had three really good. I'm not saying it's the best team we've ever had, but this was kind of the end of a really good three-year run gotcha. for Red Hill basketball. 
So um, coaching staff, I said, John Brooks in year three at Red Hill. Um, he was 18 and seven in year one and 17 and 10 in year two. His assistants would be uh, Mike Ray. Mike, Coach Ray was uh, coached the JV team to a 16 and two record. They were the NEC JV champs uh, that year. He had players like Tracy Legg, Rick Gerald, Stan Ayers. Big uh, names coming up. Rick Tate, uh, I believe Dave Carr played a lot of JV ball that I found out later. He's, we'll hear his name later. Uh, Paul Tugall was on staff. Of course. And Mark Neal was a, looks like a student teacher that came on and um, and coached, uh, got some coaching uh, experience with them during this magical season. Um, so a few things. Um, let's see. Uh, a quote from Jim Baker, he said, we were up and down the floor. We averaged in the 70s and hit the 90s a couple times. So it was a team that, as he said, got up and down the floor. Uh, he also said Mark McAdow was our go-to man. Yeah. He was all NEC, all Southern Illinois, and a left-handed center. Um, so McAdow, I'm going to talk about it. He had one of the great careers in Red Hill history, and he sadly passed away tragically in uh, 2005. So I know some of his brothers and his nephews and so forth, uh, nieces, they listened to our show. So I want to make sure that um, thoughts out to you, because he, I, I, as a kid, I used to go to the Lawrenceville Library as a teenager in the Lawrenceville Library and read about these teams. I never, I didn't know anything about Mark until reading about those and just some of the numbers he would put up were, and I'll talk about them a lot on this, on this little piece here. So, um, Jim talked uh, about, uh, running the big Mac play and, uh, yes. it was instant offense. And, um, let's see. And then a, a John Brooks quote on the season. He said, Jimmy Baker was a competitor, um, he held Shiler to six points with four minutes to go when he fouled out. And we talked about that in the Jim Baker yeah. episode. Uh, Shiler just took over then. And Mark, Mark, Mark McAdow had broken in as a sophomore. He had the softest shot of any kid I ever coached. Wow. Uh, so some, some of the greats were on, were on this team. Um, so let's go through a little bit of the story of the season. Uh, Gary pretty much went over the cheerleaders and pom-poms. It's the same, um, same crew uh, for, for basketball. Uh, the managers of the team were Dan Allenball, Steve Voy, and Robbie Andrews. Let me just go through the roster here real quick. And so, I mean, so Rick Gerald, uh, Steve Hughes was a big part of the varsity Cotton. squad that year. Um, Tim Worth went on to coach the volleyball team later on. We talked about talked in about depth that, yeah. uh, on a previous episode. One of the uh, highlights, Jeff, one of the highlight moments of the podcast so far. <laughs> yes. Uh, Jeff Todd, Jim Baker, Rick Tate, Tracy Legg, Jeff Barker, David Carr, uh, Mark McAdow, Russell Adams. Danny Hutchinson, Andy Atkins, and David Brooks. I believe Russell would have been on that JV team. So it would have been when I really was old enough to really start paying attention, keeping stats in my seat and all that, it was probably the next year. Like this was probably the last year that I didn't pay great attention. Good, yeah, good chance of that. So that's about the time. First, second grade is usually when people start kind of be able to comprehend it a little more and, and, and so forth. So um, – now, early in the season, uh, Lee Brookhart and Tom Parrott were listed a lot in the box scores, um, and then their names just kind of vanished from the box scores. So um, I'm not sure what happened to Tom Parrott and Lee Brookhart. Um, don't know if they quit uh, or yeah. injury uh, or knowing, knowing John Brooks' coaching style the way I do, I think we got a pretty good idea what happened. Because Parrott's putting up great numbers, and all of a sudden you don't see his name anymore. And the picture I found in the, in the Sun commercial actually had those guys listed on the roster. And then this is, must have been a picture with the team at the end of the season that I have because they are not in the team picture listed or anything. Um, but let's, let's go in, let's kind of go over the story of the season a little bit. So we start off the season. 
with our uh, Thanksgiving tournament. Uh, we hosted the we called the post Thanksgiving tournament. We won that, so we started three and zero. Macadell set a scoring record, um, seventy four points in the tournament, which uh, it's about twenty five per game. Uh, broke the tournament record held by Doug Hardacre was sixty three. Uh, he also set the single game record. He wow. scored, had a game of 39 in the tournament. Uh, Chris wow. Black, who I think was in that. Remember, yeah. that's no three-pointer, too. I mean, these are no all two-pointers. Yeah, yeah. The, all these numbers I give today, and this score, you know, putting up 90 and so forth, this is no three-pointers back then. Um, Chris Black, who I think was in that same class as Hardacre, maybe he had a 33-point game. Uh, so, McAdell broke that. I was surprised a uh, Newman Catholic from Sterling, Illinois, came all the way down. I mean, it's not like this is a, you know, a tournament that we um, – you know, it's not it's not as big as like the Capital Classic and being in other tournaments. But I mean, I looked it up. I think it's about a five hour drive down here. So of course, obviously, they spent the night Friday night. But um, yeah, kind of surprised that Newman Catholic came all the way down from the northwestern part of Illinois to um, participate in this tournament. And um, let's see, also in the news, I, I've talked about McAdoo's big, you know. His, um, he had that big tournament and his engagement was also announced just a few days after the tournament. So he got engaged. So oh, wow. I, so he's in the paper for a lot of different <laughs> things here. Uh, so he has an engagement picture in there. Um, uh, one game I'll highlight the Palestine game was our biggest scoring game here. We scored 98 in that game. So we beat Palestine 98 to, I believe 81. I want to say, um, thought I had it written down. It's right there. Yeah. 98, 81. Um, in that game, uh, Bar- Jeff Barker from the football team had 29. Uh, McAdow wow. had 29. They put up – Jim was right. I mean, they put up some real points, didn't they? Yeah. So, tw- yeah, that's one – anytime there's a stat line looks like that, 29 for Barker, 29 for McAdow, I think of Bobby D. Holofans. Those are the kind of numbers they would put up. Right. And Stacy and Lance would put up those games where they were both mid-20s. So, some of the great duos we've had. So, um yeah, I know I talk about McAdell a lot in this class and Baker, obviously, but Barker's a really good athlete himself, and uh, he actually coached me, and he was one of my junior pro football coaches. What he really... what he go six three? Six, six three is what he's listed yeah. at. Yep. So, um, ath- tall, athletic, um, and then throughout, like I said, I'm not going to go through every game. Just kind of giving it because oh, we can always get into more details. In another podcast, I was going to say we'll do a whole podcast. <laughs> Drink. <season> we may. <laughs> I tried to stop myself, but I couldn't. Um, um, so throughout December, these guys were routinely uh, putting up um, – There, the team was putting up several guys, and, and usually it was Barker, McAdow, um, Andy Atkins, uh, Bob Parrott. Those guys were – you know, they were putting three to four guys in double digits um, throughout, throughout that month. And then, uh, so we got into El Dorado Tournament. El Dorado Tournament, very prestigious tournament in Southern Illinois, still to this day. I mean, it's been around forever. And and Red Hill went down there for a while. Um, we got fourth in that tournament. Um, knocked off Mounds Meridian, who was uh, ranked at the time. Uh, played four games in the tournament, 16-team tournaments. We got four games. Uh, McAdoo had a great, he, he, he went 32, 38, 33, and 17 in the tournament. Wow. So wow. just wow. a monster score. Yeah. Um, and then um, big right. I always consider our second biggest rival behind Lawrenceville. After um, Christmas, we played Mount Carmel, and then At- Andy Atkins goes for twenty eight that night. So it was like there were three to four guys that could that could go for twenty five points, thirty plus with McAdow, um any night. So this team didn't win the the team the previous year won the regional 
this team w- didn't win the regional as we know so that was um 75 was our last regional team as we've talked about before regional championship team before he won one in 92 but um this um they were they had all all those guys back from the previous season and you know definitely one of the great great seasons we've had um and then atkins would go on a few nights later to go for 27 over only three nights later so you know i talk about macadon barker now atkins is getting in the, and it seems almost like he's kind of picking up parrot score because this is not parrots now right, yeah. from the from the box scores and atkins has picked that up a little bit huh. um so see a few more things here um so they continue to march through the NEC, went on a nice winning streak after Christmas, knock on Mount Carmel, all in the Salem, Flora, Carmi, who was second in the conference that year. Um, we got third in the NEC. Um, and then we, so we get run that on that run in the conference. And then we lost to Lawrenceville. Uh, that was the game where Baker shut Shidler down. Shidler averaged 33 a game. Hot Baker no. held him to six before fouling out. Um and we lost that game 57 54. Wow. Lawrence would go on to be third in the state that yep. year. So, I mean, we're right with the best, best, yeah. best teams in the, in the state of Illinois. Just a, a, a great team. So, exciting to learn more about them. Uh, freshman David Brooks is starting to get more and more playing time. Uh, Coach Brooks's son, this was his one year at Red Hill. He would go on to transfer to Lawrenceville or move to Lawrenceville. The, um, the his sophomore through senior season, it went being a, as we talked about before, a D1 yep. basketball player at Naval Navy. Academy. Yep. So he's coming on versus Salem, scored 15 points. I believe that was his high so far in the season. So now we've got Brooks is coming along. So now you've added another weapon. So you're kind of thinking right now, okay, Lawrence, we're 0-2 against Lawrenceville on the season, but we're pretty much on a collision course. You know, we can maybe take Shidler and these guys down wow. in the regionals. It's kind of, I'm sure the thought going through people's minds, but we did go on a little skid there after that Lawrenceville loss. We, um, we lost a Fairfield who was, I think six or seven in the conference. So that was a disappointing loss. Then lost to Flora who was middle of the pack in the conference. So mm-hmm. went on that th- a three game losing streak there. And then we played Salem on that Saturday night. But it was the, ho- it was the year we played Salem at home on Saturday night, which always seems to go better. It's that Saturday night trip. Away yeah. that we guaranteed loss, but we had him at home, won that game, and went on a roll to end the season. Beat Salem, Alney, Mount Carmel, the three big dogs. It's interesting to see how this schedule is exactly the same as it was like when Gary played. Like these games are in the exact same order as it was in the 90s. And then you see Mount Carmel last game of the year, Alney always on that final Tuesday night, Salem on the Saturday night. Um, schedule stayed the same for 20, 20 years, at least NEC wise. Um, hey, just curious. How old was Atkins? What what class? Atkins, I believe, is a uh, senior on this team. Okay, uh, I was just I was thinking if he was young and Brooks was a freshman, I wonder if maybe that's what caused some of the problems. But eh, forget it. Just a theory. Yeah, yeah. I believe Atkins um, and I, of course Macadell, Barker, Baker. They're all seniors. Bob Parrott, I think, was a senior when he was on the team. Lee Brookhart was a senior, so it's a very senior-dominated team who have, um, and a, and a lot of them had success that there was a p- picture posted from like the 71 Sumner press of Mr. Bowser's junior high team, uh, winning a tournament. Um, and a lot of these guys, the guys, the Sumner guys like Bob Parrott played on, played on that team. So, um, huh. Jeff, I'm sure Jeff Barker, I assume he was a, Sum- a Sumner guy. I'm not sure. Um, this guy, so seems like a Sum. I mean, I know the family, they all lived in Sumner cause it's Alan Stoltz's uncle. Yeah. Of course, he's a Sumner guy. Um, so I'm going to go ahead and get into postseason play here. Um, so 
see, get the right page. All right, so the regional was held up at Robinson, and the goal is we want to get to the Bridgeport sectional. Back then, Red Hill would host the sectional every single year. It wasn't a rotation yeah. with Olney and Casey. Great and nights. Red Hill Great nights single, in that gym. Every single year. So the hope is let's get, you know, get, get out home. of this regional and um, and then get a sectional on our home floor. And it, um, Now, when we won the regional in 75, not to take anything away from that team, but Robinson and Lawrenceville were double A that year. So we did not have to face them in the regional in 75 uh, like we did uh, here in the, they were the, I believe we're the two seed, Robinson's the street three seed, and of course, Lawrenceville is the one seed. Uh, so we open up the regional against Palestine, who we put 98 on earlier in the year, and we had a 10 point uh, win over Palestine, 76-66. Uh, Dave Carr is a junior. He'd been playing on the JV team and putting up some big numbers for Coach Ray. Um, now he's getting more varsity minutes, put up 17 and eight in that game. They called him the difference in the game. Um, his big, um, nearly a double-double he had there in the quarterfinals. McAdow went for 22 and nine. Uh, freshman David Brooks had 10 points. Um, I don't mention Jim Baker a lot in these. Jim was more of a, I believe he was a, he was kind of the distributor, uh, and just know if you listen to our podcast, he's probably didn't he not one that cared to have his name in the box scores. All all he wanted to do was you know just just the W was the only stat important to him. So spoiler spoiler alert, he might get a uh, he might get some recognition for that type of mentality. Okay, <laughs> later on. So well, and you know he as we heard earlier, he and Sherry Huff are just getting together. And... <laughs> um, so uh, we advanced to the semifinals to face Robinson and. This was a this um, I had not heard about this regional game. Um, I, I didn't really. It was I've talked about the snake bitten aspect of yeah. Red Hill before, and this was another one of those to add to my list of of those moments. And we did loot. Here's my. Oh, thank you. I've had to look for my paper about that game as on a separate sheet. So we did lose that game. 56 to 55 on no. a buzzer beater. Ugh. So how many buzzer way, beaters? Are, how many buzzer beaters have we lost? <laughs> I know. And in the postseason, I mean, and it's these teams that could have yeah. gone really, I, I got to think, you know, you hear the adage, but it's true. A lot of times it's hard to beat a good team three times in a season. I got to think yeah. we're beating Lawrence. So if we can get by this game and we get so, to the regional title game. It was and, all when coach Brooks came back to coach my teams, it was always a joke because he always had a wild story about how he lost a sectional or a regional. He said, <laughs> I'm hoping this is what happens. I cannot believe this is true. Cause we always thought he was full of shit, but he said he lost a regional one time with, with a team through <laughs> through a link to the court pass and it bounced off somebody's head and went in the basket. <laughs> I, I don't have the balance on the head part, but everything else is pretty, it's pretty accurate. Um, so it's kind of back and forth throughout. Um, we had taken the lead. They had taken the lead. Um, McAdow goes the line with three seconds left. We're down by two uh, or down by one with three seconds to go. Uh, McAdow hits the first free throw. So we're tied. Oh, wow. His arms are, he's pumping his arms in the air. The paper said, uh -huh. and then gets the ball. Drains the second free throw for his 30th point on the night. Okay. Um, in his in his final game. And then with and uh, then Robinson inbounded it. And I assume it had to be a length of the court pass because they yeah. obviously had to take take the ball out of bounds under our basket. And they ended up hitting a 15 footer at the buzzer off, to off win the, it. So off, off, off the guy's head. head. Off somebody's head, right? <laughs> so yeah, I guess the 
Uh, Brooks said that in the timeout, they had known they were going to um, and the guy Gosh, that hit the shot. Heartbreaking. Um, Reynolds, I believe, is the one that hit the shot for Robinson. They knew he was the guy they'd probably be looking for. So the plan was to double team them, but I think there was some miscommunication. So they only had one guy on him when he took the shot. And um, and like you said, a real chance to beat Lawrenceville in the final. Yeah, and being lost 57, 54. Dang. And, and then when we played him earlier in the season, um, they beat us by 13. I mean, so it was respectable. I mean, it was a, a decent game we were in throughout. Could have, sure. Yeah, they could have gotten away late or something. Could have been a and lot then, closer. You know, of course, and Scheidler had the most magical postseason in, in state history. Um that year so you know maybe we don't but gosh we that was the team that um we probably wouldn't have been the you know most difficult team in their way on the way right. to state um so yeah a really uh, a, a great season a disappointing end to the season um so just a couple things to jump in with here and i have not done any of my music yet so i'll just do that later after i'll we'll kind of put them on there at the end right. um so now, one thing I and you guys have mentioned it already. The Avalon was the big movie theater uh, back then. Um, the that was in Lawrenceville. I, I remember going to the Avalon. It was up on the square, wasn't it? Yeah, yep. like uh, kind of over there on the like where um, like Golden uh, Rule. Yeah. So um, the movies moved in and out. They they were in and out with a lot of different movies. They changed movies on Wednesday nights at times. Um, one thing that I found interesting on the movie on the movie scene there, oh yeah, on March sixteenth, they are actually showing an X-rated movie at the Avalon. Oh, it wow! School, really? It was School Girls Report was the movie being shown <laughs> at the Avalon. <laughs> Wasn't ready for that. Um, and it was it the final night was on like a Tuesday night, and then the the classic Pacino movie Dog Day Afternoon replaced it the next day. But yeah, there were lots of different movies that came in. Sometimes they do like an older movie, like that would they would just show that the family would could go to and so forth. If I you remember as a, I remember as a kid the the drive-in theater in Westport, you know, near Vin, right right outside yeah. Vincent. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, I forgot about that. I remember they 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 showed triple X movies. Oh, or, did they? Or, okay. Or rated <laughs> X movies there. If, if you attended too, but... the showing of Schoolgirls Report and you're a member of either the old school <laughs> page or the growing up in Bridgeport page, let us know. I'd like to hear how that went. And, now I got. I kept seeing um ads in the paper for the Lawrenceville Drive-In. It kept saying owner John Brooks. Is this our John Brooks? That's the owner of the Lawrenceville Drive-In, or is this a different oh, John sure, Brooks? Surely not. <laughs> you know, I think it was. Now that you say, now that you say that, I think it was. Yeah, because his name was prominent in every ad. I have no idea. I've never heard that. But. Well, I have to ask my mom. I know she'll know that. But yeah, you know yeah, what? I think I've heard. I think I've heard well. that. I never would have thought of it again. But yeah. Anyway, cool. All right, and then um, so and then the uh, intramural teams did get started. There were six. They played in March. There were six boys teams and two girls teams. Um, so lots of names here. I'm not going to list every single name. But an interest. I'm looking at the rosters here. There was a team called here. I'll give you the team names. It was named after like whoever the captain was. We had the Acres was one team, the Doyles, the Rossboros, the Zwillings, the Lightuses, and the McLeans. Oh, wow. <laughs> some big names yeah, there. Um, sure. Were the six boys teams there. On the Doyles, they have added Bob Parrott to their roster. So Ooh. I guess after he's uh, no longer a part of the boys team. And on the lightest team, Lee Brookhart is on the lightest team. So those two names that vanished okay. from the box scores have found a place to play. Good. And on the McLean's was Gary Gognett was part of that team. Of, of course. course. With, um, um, 
Just Mike just Bruiser. Waiting, just waiting on turkey season. <laughs> Mike McLean, obviously the captain of that team, but lots. And then the girls' teams were the Birchfields and the Berkshires were um, were the girls' teams. So I'm glad that intramural program got started. Maybe been short lived. Not sure how many years it went, but it was not there when we were no. when we were in school. So. <laughs> So, Brian, what do you want me to do? You want me to talk about my songs a little bit here? Let's go through your songs. Absolutely. We definitely need some music here. So, well, here's what I was going to talk. I know Mr. Drury, going back to wrestling a little bit, he uh, would sometimes play some songs in practice that, you know, that he'd play the traditional songs to fire you up, but he'd throw one out there that maybe you weren't expecting. And I'm sure he was putting on maybe a record player he had set up. I don't know. Eight tracks. No, we, I bet there were still some eight tracks hanging around. Yeah. Um, but uh, Nazareth's hit, Love Hurts. This is played uh, at the uh, eighth grade last day of school dance. I was getting the there. At the recreation center in Days and Confused. So all my songs are Days and Confused songs. Boy, you would know what you'd do if you had gotten there. <laughs> Carl, Carl, one of the Carl, all-time Carl, great. Carl might be the most tragic figure in uh, Days and Confused. Uh, Carl's a pain in the butt. Poor Hirschfelder. No, oh, no, 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 no. You're talking Who about Hirschfelder. I'm Hirsch, talking about okay, Hirschfelder. Yeah, yeah, yeah Carl, I'm the Carl, yeah, tragic. Yeah, <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> um, now, the girls' basketball team, it, it's exciting. They're getting started. they got this young coach, Mrs. Thorne, I believe, is coach. It was never in the paper, but I'm pretty sure she was hired, and she's coaching them this year. So, you know, young, fresh ideas. I'm sure she played some music at practice to get them fired up. And if I'm going to fire a team up in the w- winter of – 1976. I'm playing Sweet's hit song, Fox on the Run. You mean this one? Yes. This song in the movie, you can't hear it really well, but it's playing when, during, um, when Wooderson, Matthew McConaughey does the famous line that Brian played earlier in the, talking about high school girls in the, uh, yeah. In the movie, that's the song playing in the background during that. It's, it's a really good song, especially when it gets to the chorus. If you want to skip up a little bit, and when those guys are standing out in front of the Emporium, look for the girl in the red and blue striped shirt. That's yes. actually a very young Renee Zellweger. Yeah, so I mean, you're seeing these. Oh, here we go. I'm just, I can just see Phyllis Kimmel and Deb Hardacre and the. Girl through the shot, but he's going to talk about Peter Debbie Peterson, Peterson. <laughs> warming up in the layup lines with Fox on the run playing. I was, and then last, I'm going to save this for boys basketball team near and dear to my heart, which I was, I may have seen them play, but um, I was three, I don't remember seeing them play. The most iconic scene from the film, in our opinion, here, I would say, may, maybe unanimous in this group. Um, I was reading an article today. It was breaking down every song in Days and Confusion. They ranked this as the number one music moment in the movie. Um, I don't Marissa think there's Ravisi, any question. who plays the redhead girl, um, she was quoted saying she cried when she saw the scene for the first time. It was that powerful to her. Um, so imagine I was someone that's already graduated. Chris Black. Doug Hardacre. <laughs> imagine, <laughs> yeah, that's a great comparison. <laughs> Uh, Doug Hardacre, 
um, Jim Baker and Joe Kurtz. Um, so you got these three generations walking into, I don't know where. Gray's Restaurant in Bridgeport. <laughs> <laughs> walking into Gray's Restaurant in Bridgeport. And they play this Bob Dylan song, Hurricane. So in honor of those boys basketball players, let's hear Hurricane. What a scene. Here comes the story of Hurricane The man the authorities came to play For something that he never done Put in a prison cell But one time he could have been The champion of the world A young Steve Cotton Hughes playing foosball Yeah, and I didn't even mention it, so I'm glad you said that. Steve Hughes put, ended up putting some good big numbers I wasn't noticing until later So yeah, he had a solid basketball season But yes, Steve Hughes would have been in there um, so yeah, def- is it your guys' favorite seat? You, you consider is it the most yeah, iconic man, favorite seat in the movie? Unbelievable! Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That, I mean, how we have you talk about we've beat this movie to death. We have analyzed from the kind of Asian kid that throws his eyebrows up standing against that yep, pole. Yep. Saw that today. The foosball games going on, uh, just an incredible slow motion gratuitous scene to watch and what is it it's, it's, it's the reason we mentioned doug Hart, it's, it's like the three generations of this it's the guy that's already it's graduated already, who was the star of the school it's your current you know big man on campus randall like Jim baker and then the future was um young mitch, mitch kramer, kramer which yeah I the was. past present future coming together all at once yeah and i don't know if i knew i'm sure brian's if brian knew this i'm sure he's probably told me before but rabisi who played the redheaded girl i never i'm not remembering her name on this podcast but uh First of all, I love it that she cried when she saw. I mean, that yeah. how, that she cried when she saw that scene. Um, I didn't realize she was married to Beck, Beck. for fifteen yeah. years. Yeah, really? last year. Really? Yeah. And, and her brother, obviously Giovanni Ribisi, that was on yes. Friends and lots of different really? movies. Yeah. And my and my two I dads. I never knew that connection either. Yeah. And so I believe. And and, and by so, the way, this song completely not on my radar. At all until and and if you're not familiar with this song, especially some of the younger people that are listening to this, it is a true story about Reuben Hurricane Carter who got well. And there's a movie about it starring Denzel yep. Washington um, that a lot of people think he was wrongly convicted of a murder and uh, yeah. tells as, the whole as, story. As far as I know, I hadn't heard the song until until the movie. Um, and it's not I, a song that goes with that scene at all. Yeah. Other than it goes perfectly with that scene. Exactly, that's a good way to put it. Yeah. So the, like I said, the number list of the number one uh, great mu- greatest music moment in the movie. Um, so Dave, did you want me to do? Uh, want me to go ahead and do the school board results? You mean to like jump in during your? Um... Just jump in. Just, okay. Just jump in when I when I get to it. All it's right. A little bit down the road, but uh... I'm gonna hand it over to David King. Where we're All about right. halfway through the show now. <laughs> Hey, real quick, I just want to say, hey, don't forget our sponsors, Gray's Restaurant in Bridgeport, where Joe Kurtz and, and Doug Hardacre and Jim Baker dominated back in the in the mid-'70s. Um, Andrews Insurance Agency, everybody appreciates all the support they give Red Hill Sports, along with the People State Bank. Um, they do a lot of support for 4-H and sports and, and uh, things like that, for not just Red Hill but Lawrenceville as well. And then, of course, Tyler Griffin's Pizza House and all those employee picks of pizzas that are coming chip has been privy to yep. the future let me january february and maybe march i got that secret information i can't wait you guys get to hear them so wow 
Anyway, remember our sponsors. Let them know you uh, you appreciate them uh, helping sponsor this marathon podcast that we're doing. <laughs> Mixing days to confuse seventy five seventy six. Well, we are now into seventy six. David King, take the yeah. spring. All right, I will uh, basically take it and go from there. Uh, I'm going to start March thirty first, nineteen seventy six. Baseball season opens up. Um, Red Hill opens the season with a three to three tie with Carmi at the Tank Farm. Um, Jim Baker, friend of the podcast, did a, did, you know did one with him earlier. Listen to that uh, show in the archives several months several months ago. Um, he was the he was the pitcher, as we all know. You know he ended up go, you know going on to um, end up getting to Triple uh, A with the uh, Toronto Blue Jays organization. But uh, he's a high school senior at this point. Um, gave up four hits, struck out 11, walking five. Um, the opening day lineup and this lineup pretty well stayed intact about the entire season. Um, one thing, the daily record did not bother to, in the box score, they were good at listening to box scores, but they did not list positions. So I don't know what positions anybody played, but, um, basically the opening day lineup was Tom's willing Batting leadoff. Okay. Batting second was Rick Gerald. I'll put Zwilling in center. <laughs> um, Stan Ayers uh, was who was a who was a really good pitcher um, in his own right. Uh, batted third. I got to think he's uh, at shorter third. Coach Lilly for a while. Jim ba- Jim Baker was the pitcher of this game, batting fourth. Okay. I do know that Jim Baker played third base when he was not pitching. Okay. And that that comes from the awards banquet later on. Uh, Tim Worth mentioned earlier. He's behind the plate. Uh, I, I'm going to guess. Bat, he batted. He batted fifth. Uh, Jeff Barker's got some play. He got some. Uh, well, I think we all know where, where the big where the big boy's at. He's over holding uh, down he, the corner. He batted sixth. Uh, we got John Lawson batting seventh. Right field. Uh, we got everybody. We got the maybe winning the podcast so far. Gary Gognet. That kid's in left. <laughs> He's got a eight, gun. Batting eight. Batting eight. And then I had to get some clarification on this because I wasn't sure uh, if it was the r- right guy, but uh, Gary confirmed it earlier. Brett McKim, uh, uh, batting ninth. Hmm. And now I'm starting to think maybe Barker doesn't play first. <laughs> maybe, <laughs> maybe McKim's over there on first. We'd love anybody listening to this that knows what position <laughs> these guys might have played. We'd love, I'd love some clarification on that, but uh, – so that basically starts the you know starts the season for Red Hill, uh, you know three to three tie. It's, it's a rare thing, but I'm assuming it got called for darkness, darkness. probably. Yep. Yeah. So, um, also happening on this day, uh, well, it's a now it's announced, and I don't know if you guys remember this. Any anybody that probably mid 40s, you know, kind of the we are would. Uh, remember donkey basketball oh yeah oh yeah i, went to a couple of those. <laughs> I never I, I remember that i that's my first memory of going to the lawrenceville gym thinking back at this now i cannot was, believe they allowed donkeys to run around on those basketball floors yeah, yeah it's it's crazy um but there was gonna fantastic be fantastic to watch as a seven-year-old <laughs> oh yeah four Mr. teams Bowser loved donkey <laughs> basketball <laughs> four teams were gonna compete on april 5th um also, the very prestigious Jackass Queen was going to be crowned at halftime. Oh, what? Um, <laughs> I had no now, idea. This is going to. I'm. I'm. Wait a know, minute, I'm, Dave. Uh, Gary. Gary had to take a break. He just came back. I want to make sure he hears what what is happening right now because 
this is breaking news when you talk about you know who got crowned. Gary, are you back with us? Back. Sorry. All right. No problem. We, I just wanted to make sure that you didn't miss what's happening right now. So donkey basketball has come to Red Hill, right and, or to Lawrenceville. Yeah. I'm sorry. And uh, we're gonna we're gonna crown the jackass queen at halftime. Well, <laughs> here's my okay. So here's my, and this will be a recurring theme with my report. Because it seemed like in the spring of 76, the daily record was all over the place with coverage, teasing things and then not, <laughs> not following up. up. So big article about donkey basketball coming on April 5th. After that, nothing. <laughs> so, if anyone knows who the jackass queen, who was. the jackass queen is, it was in the uh, spring of 1976. We'd, I'd, I'd love to know. I'm going to go out on a limb and say whoever's dating Jay Scheidler. <laughs> but uh so that that's the uh that that's a donkey basketball report for um, our first also, one on the podcast um and, and another um another caveat um red hill track uh boys track gets a little bit of mentioned at the beginning of the season then doesn't get a mention at, at all again <laughs> the season yeah, they're um, busy girls track I didn't even know they had a team until an article late in the season and then no, nothing beyond that. So I will throw out what I, what I could find. Okay. It is with that. There's the, you know, there's not, there's not a lot to go, but on this, on the, this day, March 31st, Red Hill did place second in a triangle meet with Robinson who finished first and Edwards County to finish third. Um, one note uh, of note, uh, freshman Jay Murphy, was oh boy. the uh, here we go was the uh was the star of this of this track team you know went on set a lot of uh set some school records um got off to a, just a tremendous start to his uh to his uh high school career yeah speaking of those mr c record books his track records and there were things i used to marvel at and i'm sure mr c was responsible for compiling those also but so at the g i mean at the G I knew more about his junior high career than I did about his high school career early on, but mm, um, yeah. he was amazing. Uh, moving on April 2nd, 1976 uh, Salukis get the first win of the season. They beat uh beat Robinson or Robinson Flora six to five uh, sophomore Tim worth was the winner on the mound, giving up nine hits, eight strikeouts and only two walks. Stan Ayers with a big day at the plate with two hits, including a double and two RBIs. Oh, wow. Um, unfortunately, Jim Baker was hurt slightly during the game. Ooh, no, de- ooh. No, de- no details on the injury or the severity of the injury, just, you know, hurt slightly. Huh. Um, another thing I found interesting um, in an article right below the Sluky baseball write-up, um, High school and college basketball, basically the next season, it was announced that dunking will be allowed once again. I knew that uh, that was, yeah, I, I knew that that uh, when uh, Lou Alcindor, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar played for UCLA, yeah. I know you couldn't dunk. Allow, it'll be allowed during the games, but prohibited during warmups with under penalty of technical foul if, it, if it's violated. Keith Fulhock um, rule. The big argument against dunking was that it allowed teams with taller players an unfair Because <laughs> <laughs> they didn't have one anyway. Right. Which, I, which I just I, – I, I should have said it's not, really an, it's not an unfair advantage. It's just, it's just how it <laughs> just, plays out. Right. 
anyway um also uh actually this will be moving on to a few days later uh the baseball salukis uh sweep a doubleheader with lawrenceville 16 to 6 and 14 to 7 to move the three move the three one and one on the season jim baker gets the win in game one so the injury must not have been too bad must not have been bad so uh, also on that day, Red Hill Track did come in third place in a triangle meet uh, with Lawrenceville that finished first and Vincent's Reve that finished second. Uh, Jay Murphy did win the 440-yard dash event. Wow, that's um, a freshman. In, the, uh, in that. But uh, moving on a little later in the month, April 9th, um, Red Hill Track, uh, again, second in a triangle meet with Flora that finished first, Edwards County that finished third. Jay Murphy continues a solid season by winning first in three events, uh, the 100, 100-yard dash, the 220, and the 440, um, mm. finishing first. So. Storied track career upcoming. Yes. Um, unfortunately, the baseball team has uh, hit, hit, hit a bit of a skid after moving to 3-1-1. and one. They've lost – they lose their third in a row with a loss to Oblong, five to three. Oh, those pesky Damn, Panthers! <laughs> I tell you, Oblong uh, Oblong's been a very uh, underrated uh, underrated uh, team on Red Hill's uh, schedule yeah, for no years. Kidding. I'm not sure why, because we never beat them in yeah. baseball and football. It didn't seem like I say under. I say underrated because I don't know. We always seem to think we're going to be easily beat them for whatever reason, but <laughs> we never did. So. Um, going on to the school board meeting and Chip, yes. Chip can uh, add some to this after the April school board meeting actually was very, uh, very routine, I guess. Tame. Um, <laughs> not, yeah, not nothing. <laughs> Finally, we're not there till midnight. The big, the biggest, uh, the biggest news coming out, uh, was that they, uh, a new industrial arts building may be in the offing, uh, for, you know, for the school. More facilities. I mean, they're you know, band building, industrial arts building, unit office, and then um, so then Chip Chip can uh, elaborate then on who actually who actually won the school board elections. Okay, so a voter turnout was huge. This was actually a Saturday election um, wow. for a school board. I don't know if it's just only the school board was like on a separate day or something. The normal election day, but it was a Saturday, I believe April tenth election, and. Um, the turn the voter turnout was huge for this. Um, they said it was up from 399 last year up to 631 uh, people that voted this year. And what we're seeing is the Sumner people got out and voted. Uh, they really wanted their voice heard at this election. And, when, and there were when, six people running. When they start, some, yeah, when they start throwing their weight around, get ready. There's three seat. There's three open seats. There's six people running. Three with Sumner addresses, one of them being the you know out Kingsway, but three Sumner addresses and three Bridgeport addresses, and your winners were J.D. White from Route One Sumner Let's with 407 votes. Um, he's a true Sumner. He's a true right. uh, real Sumner guy. So Joe Latch with the Sumner address, but from the Bridgeport Township, uh, 374 votes. And Donovan Paddock from Route 2 Sumner with 369 votes. The three Sumner addresses took down the three Bridgeport addresses oh. in this um, election. The so former, former, former Arabs starting to flex their collective muscle. Yeah, because we know how consolidation talks go. So I'm sure um, there were a lot of Sumner people that are really not wanting to 
uh, not wanting to consolidate. I don't know the whole story. I think it's something we're going to delve into later on um, in the, in, down the road. But um, so, so yeah, so finishing in fourth, fifth, and sixth were Larry Osborne, Bill Hardacre, and Gordon Mills were the fourth, fifth, and sixth. So okay. that's your school board election. As Donovan Paddock will start a long run. And J.D. White, you know, maybe a few terms for J.D. as well. I think so, yeah. Thank you for that report, Chip. You're welcome. All right. Back to you, Dave. Uh, moving on, skip ahead to uh, April 14th. Um, four days after the election. Four days after the election. <laughs> they, they must have been playing a baseball game about every day. Uh, remember when I told you they hit a you know, little bit of a skid. Must have been a dry spring, huh, Dave? Well, yeah, it must have been. Uh, April. <laughs> but April 14th, they actually uh, win their fourth in a row with a doubleheader sweep over Olney uh, to move to seven and four and one on the season. So good job, boys. Uh, before I get any further, I'll start, uh, I'll start hitting on my songs for the spring of 76. You know, I like that. Um, one of my favorite songs from this, uh, from this era, we'll start off with a little song by a guy named Gary Wright. Uh, in the, the names doesn't sound familiar to you. I guarantee you, you'll recognize the song when you hear it. A little song called Dreamweaver. Let's skip ahead just a bit. And leave tomorrow behind. The sweet stylings of Mr. Gary Wright. You know Steve Sheely played this. My memory of this song is uh, from the movie Wayne's World. Yeah. In 91. You know Steve Sheely played this on Waco. <laughs> yeah. Gary Wright checking in on the podcast. And then... Uh, Then I'll go ahead and another. Uh, I always think of Brian when I hear this song. Uh, and I wasn't. I, I didn't know this was from 1976, but uh, I'll I'll take it. A little song called December 1963. Oh, what a night! Great song. If you've ever uh, seen the play or the movie Jersey Boys, they tell the story of this song. Oh, what I love this song. One of my all-time favorites. Yeah, it's great. I, Tom, Tom I had no idea. Music. I, for some reason, I thought it was a song from the '60s, but I, I, I did never associate it with this time period. But uh, made a re, it made a real resurgence. It, was it in the like '80s around, or '90s? In college, like around '90s, '90s, yeah, 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 yeah. Oh Gonna be the same. So moving on, uh, moving on with the uh, with the Red Hill sports season, uh, we must have hit a wet patch in April. Because, yeah, finally, we uh, get some rain. The new the news kind of uh, and it, we we did have Easter um, right around the middle of the month. So I think the I think most of the uh, games shut down for that point. Yeah. Um, uh, on April thirtieth, Red Hill uh, uh, actually. There was an NEC tourney um, in on April 27th, uh, and Red Hill was eliminated from that by Carmi. Okay. Um, well, not not too many details. Carmi, a thorn uh, in our side all year, it sounds like. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but then Red Hill did get back on the winning track to close out the month uh, with a five to two win over Benson Dreve. 
Um, so they basically finished the month of April with a 10-5-1 and one, um, record. Okay. Which, you know, Solid, but I, I would have expected they weren't terribly happy with it. Yeah. I'm guessing. Those big arms, Baker, Ayers. McKim, then I use this opportunity to do best track write up that any Red Hill team got up, got the entire season, was the Red Hill Junior High track team. Okay. Um, at the uh, finishing third at the IESA district meet, um, they had an A team, which I'm, from what I could tell, sound basically was the eighth grade team. Yeah. Uh, they also had a B team, which. I'm guessing was a seventh grade team. Uh, they also had maybe a sixth grader or two. Oh, that uh, that came that that came over and ran with the B team. Okay, Chuck so, Rousey. Uh, no, okay. uh, kid named Carl Ubalacker. Oh, oh yeah, oh yeah, <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Gary Gognitz, next door neighbor. That's right. So, and, and, and not only Street, not yeah. only was was he a sixth grader, he like did really well i mean he he finished first place in the uh 50 yard dash i don't think i'm going out on a limb here when i say he's long and lanky yeah. yep um also notable on the on the b team um he is a carl finished first place in the 50 yard dash the 440 yard dash delvin cessna uh placed first place first in that or was it <laughs> uh, uh danny grogan finished second in the long jump uh Delvin Cessna finished second in the hurdles. Uh, Danny Grogan also finished second in the 440 yard dash. Um, in fifth place, he finished fifth place in the 880 yard. They called they didn't call this a dash; it's called a run. And then the 440 yard relay team of Tommy Grogan, Billy Barker, Roy Abbott, and Greg Smith finished in fourth place. Good job um, for, for the meet for that. Uh, first and second place finishers advanced were to advance to the sectionals on May 15th. Unfortunately, no follow-up. No follow-up. <laughs> so we don't, I have no idea how they did. Um, on the uh, So the B team was actually a little more successful than the A team. Um, but the notable finishes, uh, Rod Scheidler finished the mile in third place. 50-yard uh, dash, Neil Cotterell finished second. And Steve Wells finished third. Um, David Spangler finished third in the hundred yard dash. David Spangler also finished second in the 225 yard or the, yeah, the 225 yard dash. David Spangler also one time rode a wheelie on a 10 speed from, <laughs> you know, well, where Billy Gray's insurance office is yeah. now where the corner tavern was. I witnessed this. He rode a wheelie on a 10 speed from there down to Lanterman park. And never front wheel never touched. That's the truth. I saw it. Dead parrot and I watched it. What do you mean? Were you like riding your bike next to him? Yes, we were. As a matter of like fact. Like a parade. <laughs> it was incredible. I was always jealous of those wheelie kids. I could oh, never, yeah, never do it. I could I get can, my I could lift I can mine off never, the ground for just all I, I could do. I couldn't even do that. So um, I mean it'd only be off the ground for like a split second. It was just the front tire would come up a little bit. And the A team, the 440 yard relay team of David Spangler, Neil Cotterell, Steve Wells, and Doug Shank oh, finished so. second you know place. What's, you know what's Doug coming Shank there. was the false star guy, yeah. right? Yep. Yes. You know, what, you know yep. what's coming there. Yeah. So big things to come. Yeah. Big, bigger, bigger things to come from him. But uh, 
I had to throw that in there because that I said the track uh, track coverage was uh, was spotty at best. Um, but good track program. So we move uh, moving on. Uh, we're up to May tenth now of seventy six. Red Hill. Uh, we've moved on to the district tourney. A district. I wasn't sure how that worked, but it looked like to basically you had to win the district to get to the regionals. Hmm. Okay. Okay. And then I guess the regionals to the sectional. You know exactly how it was a little bit unfamiliar to me, but uh, Red Hill defeated Lawrenceville seven to three in the first round of the district tourney. And will play only in the district championship. Uh, Stan Ayers pitched a complete game, six hitter, eight strikeouts, and four walks to get the victory. Um, he also hit a solo home run. Oh, big day for Stan. Uh, the pace of the offense and Jim Baker uh, playing third base actually hit a he has solo home run as well to, to help pace the yes Lukey's offense. Good deal. Uh, uh, R H uh, the junior high track team which I'm assuming this is the A-team, finished fourth in the NEC track meet. Uh, David Spangler did finish first in the 220-yard dash. Uh, Doug Shank took first place in the seventh grade 100-yard dash. He, he rarely, I mean, he rarely so, lost. Yeah, so <laughs> big big things that come from him. So yeah. Unfortunately, as we move to the next day, uh, Olney upsets Red Hill in the district finals. Four to zero to end the Saluki season. Uh, Jim Baker uh, took the tough uh, took the tough uh, loss. Come on, uh, just Bake. No, just no just no offense from the Salukis in this one. Um, so they finished the rec- They finished the uh, season at a very successful eleven seven and one. Um, unfortunately, just couldn't uh, just couldn't get that couldn't, uh, couldn't get that one victory to get to get out of the district. But uh, so. I guess I'll move on. Yeah, I'll just get. I'll, I'm going to jump straight into the sports awards, and then I'll go. I'll I'll, I'll go back to a couple things. All right. uh, most valuable athlete award, Jim Red Baker. Hill Sports Awards, May nineteenth, seventy six. Uh, Jim Baker. Uh, to be eligible to be eligible for this award, you had to play two sports. Okay. Um, they also there was also a disclaimer that. They were moving that eligibility requirement to three sports for the next season. So I gotta was, think. I gotta think. Gognet was in Baker the was three, Baker was three sports anyway, so you know, not a, not an issue. Yeah. Um, starting quarterback, starting safety in football, starting guard in basketball, and then pit starting pitcher and third base in baseball. Yeah. So I think he uh, earned that, but was surrounded Mike, by some good talent for sure. Yeah, and Mike, uh, Coach Ray uh, called Jim, of course. This is a very this is a very young Mike Ray at this point. Um, he but he called he called Jim the best the best player he's ever coached. Wow! And uh, in reference to him uh, winning this award, Come, uh, track MVP coming off Mike get, Ray coming I, off the I'm good times you guys, of the Nixon uh, administration. I guess you guys are, can guess who this is. Uh, Jay Murphy, freshman yeah, for sure, wins the track MVP. Wow. Big time, um, first of four, I'm sure. Coach Huff uh, basically said he's pretty sure this is the first time a freshman has ever won an award like this. Already. Yeah, I got to think so. Um, Jay set two school records as a freshman. He ran the 440-yard uh, dash in 51.4 seconds, uh, which is a school record. I don't, I don't, I'm guessing that's draw. That's 
that's fallen since then. Yeah, but, I mean, when, when uh, Shear ran, it was the 400 yard. It was yeah, the 400 meters, I said, so it, there's, it a, there's weird. The, it was a little. The, so the, the 440 probably stood, but yeah, Shear's right. time probably, because it's 400 meters and 440 yeah. yards, it'd be very similar, though. But right. he broke that. And then the four, he, he was also a part of the 440 yard relay team, along with Jeff Barker, Greg Frazier, and Scott Miller. Uh, and they set a school record uh, on the Scott relay Miller, of, a new name of 46.9 seconds. Okay. Uh, the girls track MVP. And <laughs> I'm going to say Debbie Peterson. Debbie, Debbie Peterson. Debbie Peterson. There's a big article in her in the daily record. Um, I didn't even know. I, I wondered, but I, there was no mention of it in the papers of it. I didn't even know we had a, I didn't even know the girls had a track team. Um, but in this article, they, and right above it, they the 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 team must have not have been much. Um, they finished eleventh in the uh, in the yeah NEC right or whatever. Okay, I don't know if it was an NEC meet or you know or what a club meet or or what it was. Um, but the one they did have one individual star, um, Debbie Peterson, in the shot put. Um, and she, ha- she held, uh, she held the Red Hill school record in that event of 36 feet, nine and a half inches. Um, and she went to state. That's to say, that seems really good to me. This was her, this was her senior, this 76 was her senior year. And this was their third straight season going to the state track meet. Oh, wow. Um, unfortunately, <laughs> I know, I guess you know where this is going. After that, nothing. Nothing. I've no, never heard another no word idea. about it. <laughs> I have no idea. I, but Gary, I, I think you researched this a little bit, didn't you? Research that track meet at the state level. So I tried. You, yeah, I think she she didn't place. You, right. you look at, I know that you can find the top eight. She did not place in the top eight. Okay. And it looked like it was single yeah. class because I was looking at that too. It was like yeah. you know, it was schools you know, yeah, a thousand you know, two thousand kids and. Yeah. Schools like Shelbyville were in the top eight. Right. Yeah. So this was the, this article was from the May 19th daily record. Um, It sounded, and it was, I think at the end of the week and she was going to that over the weekend. After that, there was no, there was no updates on, you know, how she did up there or anything. So um, that Um, we also, uh, we talked about uh, Jim Baker, you know, being more of a uh, pass first guard. Yeah, not caring, not caring about the scoring. Um, he also took home the Barnett Memorial Assist Award. Okay, at the uh, at the uh, sports at the sports uh, banquet. Good job. Um, Jay Murphy did go ahead and uh, he did qualify for the state uh, state track meet. He finished fourth in the like the preliminary race up there. Um, but it's so, but the only the top three qualified to move on. So he did not, uh, he did not move on from the first, uh, from the first race. Cool. All right. Uh, move ahead to Red Hill prom. Oh yeah. Oh gosh. Yes. <laughs> May. Uh, so these would have been the juniors. This always is the old, class. The, this, the is days is confused these class. Are, this is dazed and confused. We, <laughs> so we're, uh, we're not at the executive end yet. We're uh, we're holding we're holding proms in the uh, in the Red Hill, in the Red right, Hill gymnasium. Right in the gym. We'll go ahead and Brian, if you want to go ahead and cue up the uh, the prom theme, it was a song called "Feelings" by Morris Albert. Uh, people will recognize it once you actually hear it. Mm-hmm. 
coming at you, W-A-K-O, on a late night. I want to say hi to all those Red Hill prom kids out there enjoying a nice dance, maybe a soft caress. Debbie Peterson and Greg Frazier dancing slowly. Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't recognize it yet. I don't, I don't, yeah, I don't recognize it yet either. <laughs> <laughs> Phyllis Kimmel giving her first looks over at Doug Shane. <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> what a song. Well, that, that was the problem. <laughs> um, basically, our prom, our, our king and queen, uh, Doug Farlow is the king. Cindy Parrott is the queen. Uh, there was no, there was no prom court. Error. I'm sure there was a prom court, but it was not. Uh, it was not shown in the paper. Say, just the, uh, so we really haven't heard about Doug you, Farlow yet. So we say Doug like Farlow. I mean, a Pickford, popular guy, but not really involved okay, in sports yeah, they, or anything like yeah. that. Supposed to have a party. Got busted. <laughs> I will give. Uh, I will give props to Lawrenceville. Um, Lawrenceville. Uh, for more than donkey basketball. For more than donkey basketball. Um, and they'll move on into my next song. Um, their prom theme, one of my favorite songs from this era, a little song called Dream On by Aerosmith. Also very prominent in a certain movie. Oh, no, it's not. What am I thinking about? We're really into buildups, aren't we? <laughs> Jay Shiler in a baby blue tuxedo. <laughs> Dancing with the jackass queen. <laughs> I, I really want to know who that jackass queen was. <laughs> I guarantee it was Jay Shidler's date to the pro. Uh, if you're still and with us, my, folks, I hope you're having my fun. Final song for the, uh, my final song for, the, uh, for this segment Um Again, a song I associate with the movie Wayne's World, um, but uh, came out in the spring of, spring of 76. Um, Bohemian Rhapsody by Queen. It's a fantastic song. Yes, it is. If you've never watched it, go on YouTube and search Freddie Mercury Tribute and watch Elton John and W. Axl Rose put on quite a show with this very very good all right the final thing i have the may school board meeting this is a big one they're big, all big ones big announcement uh mr mike ray is named as the head basketball coach mm. for the next season wow um, uh, yeah, I didn't John, mention that. This was John Brooks's final season. Yeah. Uh, well, explain, first time. Yeah. Which would explain why why his son transferred to Lawrenceville, probably. Yeah. Uh, didn't want to, you I, know. I got to think that was pretty controversial with all, you know, with the success that Red Hill had been having and then 
Brooks yeah. goes to Lawrenceville. Ray Ray was coming off a sixteen and two uh, junior varsity team uh, season. So, um, also uh, four teachers were hired. Um, Julia Bowen as a speech and English teacher. Debra Deborah Ballard as an English teacher, and Ronald Butler as a business education teacher. Oh. I don't have any recollection of them. Uh, also hired was Debbie Rose as a speech teacher. Yeah, okay. So, yeah. That was my speech teacher. Yeah, yeah. Love Debbie Rose. I had yeah. Ron Butler a freshman typing yeah. class. Was that his last year there, Brian? I believe it was. Okay. No, or actually, it was uh, next to last. Okay. But uh, nothing real controversial at this meeting. Just a lot of looks like end of the year, end of the year business. Lots of bids going out like for the next school year. Yeah. Um, assistant principal salary at the high school was set. How much do you think an assistant principal make? Well, we know what we know roughly what Lynn was. Fourteen two. I'm going to say seventeen five. All right, Brian. Is a little bit over, but is the closest at seventeen thousand. Right. Uh, what do you think a starting janitor salary was? Uh, is it out? Is it hourly? They got, they got that's what, that was my question. Hourly or salaries? They got they're salaried. Uh, wow, man, it looks like it. Yeah, that's salary. Uh, I think you 60, can sixty two fifty for a that's whole a, year, and that that's for twelve months. <laughs> <laughs> Holy um, cow. Also, one thing I, I found uh, a little bit humorous, uh, the wages, uh, the hourly wages were set for summer help. Um, two seventy five for adults an hour or $2 for high school kids. I actually, um, uh, I'll just jump ahead to one of my stories um, <laughs> because I, I got that same thing that uh, the city council, Butch Hensley, reports that 1,400 feet of sidewalk needs repaired and uh, the council is going to hire uh, six high school or college kids at $2.30 an hour to fix those sidewalks. That's crazy. <laughs> so that's I, a, guess that, I guess that went that's further good, back then. That's good because you're only getting paid yeah. two at the school. So right, is, yeah. So, but the city, yeah, so the city's getting the top workers. Yep. Yeah, so there's where your wages are. Working for the city. It's <laughs> <laughs> yes. trying to keep well, a little yeah, change little, little in my pocket. <laughs> All right. Well, that fin- that finishes up my uh, my spring of uh, '76 summary. So, f- pass it on to Brian in the summer. I think Chip's got something real quick. I just got one. I was so distraught over that last second loss in basketball that I wanted. There's just a couple things I wanted to hit on with the basketball season. I think need mentioned um, because a lot of people, you know, Macadell had you know one of the great scores in Red Hill history. Um, it looks like he did go on to play at Southeastern Illinois College. Uh, but he got married that summer. We said he was engaged during the right. season, so okay. um, so he was married that summer. But look, but it says that after the wedding, they were going to move down to Harrisburg while he was going to school there. So I'm assuming he played basketball at Southeastern Illinois College. Um, don't know that he played anywhere after that. Right. And he did. I think he's the only Red Hill player that's ever received this honor. He was named to the IBCA All State Basketball Game um, for the All South team. I don't think any other Red Hill players ever played in that game um others notables on that team jay scheider was obviously on the south team for the class a and rick curtis who went on to coach at lawrence oh really southern indiana he was from noble uh he was also they didn't know that in the area on that team boy that team had to Uh, put up some points yeah oh i'm big time scores and then all state honorable he was all mackadell was all state honorable mention and I believe that was a single class. That was all the. Cl- I mean, I, we were separating classes at the time. But I think the all-state team 
that was out of the new news gazette and champagne was one single class um but um i don't think mackinac end up playing at playing at the game uh it was right around his wedding time and so forth so <laughs> had a lot of things going That's, on like speaking of speaking of things you don't hear about in 2020 <laughs> Yeah, because I think it said just he was he had so much going on with the wedding because it was the wedding was coming up in August and this was like a June or July game, so decided to sit out that um, that All Star game. But um, yeah, he was unanimous All NEC. He and Scheider were the only two unanimous. Wow. Uh, and Andy Atkins and Jim Baker were honorable mention All NEC. I thought it was very strange that Jeff Barker, who averaged fourteen point two per game, uh, received not even honorable mention. For really. Him. I don't know what went on. There has to be something because I know coaches have to nominate players. If you don't get nominated, you don't get you know, right. Get, the other coaches can't vote for you. So right. I don't know what the re if he it was an oversight. I mean, ba Brooks talked a lot in the articles about how you know how how he, that ba that Barker and McAdow were the best forward combination in Southern Illinois. I mean, spoke highly of him in the paper, but. Um, yeah, uh, could, and now the, there was a separate all-conference team by the broadcasters, and they voted Barker's second team All-NEC. But, yeah, no mention on the uh, All-NEC voted by the coaches, which is kind of the one that we mainly yeah. uh, look at. So, yeah, I went, there's a few postseason things on there that I, that, well, I was very upset over that loss I didn't get to. So I want to make sure cool. we mention those. Well, I'm going to start off my, uh, my late spring summer. I'm just going to guess that it's right around the last day of school. Dazed and Confused takes place on May 28th, 1976. Leading off with this Alice Cooper classic. May 28th newspaper talks about something that we kind of briefly discussed earlier, the Building Trades House, right across from the Country Club. There, it's all done, and the bids came in at the school board meeting. Ed Williams, like we said, he came in, uh, the minimum bid was $29,800, and Ed just absolutely wiped the floor with everybody with a $40,000 $101 bid to win. Other notables that we know about, Dave Pat, David Paddock, I mentioned his wife in this actual year, was my first grade teacher. He bid $36,425, barely nipping H.J. Rice, who I've got to think he was about to flip that baby, $35,333. Dennis Dixon was in on the bidding, $35,000. $21.75. So I got to think Dennis was thinking, man, maybe somebody will come in with that 35021 bid just like I'm going to. So I'm going to throw a couple quarters on that baby. <laughs> Ended up getting a great house in, out by the high school afterwards, yeah. or maybe he's already living in there. But when this And it much, much better commute anyway from yes. where he was. And then uh, Jim Luthy came in last of notables, uh, 34125 Still five thousand dollars, almost five thousand dollars over the minimum bid. Uh, These in guys that, are making like ten thousand bucks a year. <laughs> <laughs> uh, two longtime teachers retired: Sarah Bryan and Sylvia Nichols. Lawrence County Open. The only reason I mention this, I always like when I do the summer. I always like to mention uh, that first weekend in June tournament. Um, 
some notables. I'll go to that first, and then I'm going to talk about one of the strangest endings. And and I I managed the country club for a very short time in the early 2000s, and I never heard this story. And it's something that today would be the scandal of all scandals at a golf tournament but uh notables roy dillard fired a 157 finished in the middle of the middle of the pack of the championship fight terry t-bone andrews of andrews insurance agency right there on main street in bridgeport he threw a 179 at him right in the middle of the pack on the b division i mentioned this to chip a couple weeks ago i'm going to see if we got any update on it lynn jamerson on the t-sheet but no score posted Yes, I forgot to research. So that. I don't know I if maybe uh, maybe Mr. Jamerson didn't like the score that he was uh, <laughs> he was saddled with and and gave it up. But anyway, this weird ending and and I know we're two hours plus into this podcast, but anybody that listening, you might as well just hang on for this story. <laughs> so championship flight, John Bickerstaff and Bill Doan are done. They're finished with their tournament. They're waiting on uh, you know on the rest of the pack so they can go back out for their playoff or whatnot. And so head pro Bill Harrell goes out onto the course to see who's left, how many holes they've got left, is there's any chance anybody's going to tie them. And he determines that no one's catching them. So they go out and play a playoff hole, and uh, Bickerstaff wins on the first playoff hole. Well... Then a guy named Cheryl Tate from Grayville comes in and has tied these two. So now we really technically have a three-way playoff, but the other two guys have already played a playoff hole. One guy's won. They all get together, huddle, say, nope, you're all three going back out uh, for, the, uh, for another playoff. Well, the, the Dome guy drops out on the first hole again, but Tate and Bickerstaff ends up uh, they end up going back out and went four holes and uh Cheryl Tate ends up winning All right. the whole tournament Good. so very very interesting ending to that um I want to play something the movie at the at the drive-in is called Food let me get this right The Food of the Gods A group of friends travel to a remote Canadian island to hunt only to be attacked by giant killer animals I would be remiss if I did not play the trailer for you. It's under a minute, so bear with me. But we're talking giant rabbits, giant chickens. His War of the Worlds, more imaginative than his time machine. Now, H.G. Wells' masterpiece of science fiction. Even this couldn't be any more 70s. The, the terrifying tale of man fighting for his life against Marjo Gortner right now fighting desert. a giant chicken with a this baseball bat. For an unsuspecting world against harmless animals and insects made huge and vicious by the food of the gods. Marjo Gortner. That was a giant rat that just got shot. Pamela Franklin. Ralph Meeker. Lady just hit a giant rabbit over the head with a stick. Anyway, go back, watch this. It, it's something else. Food of the gods. You got to see this thing. Um. June 6th, the Lions Club meeting. Jeff Moore was presented with his membership packet. But as you read on in the Bridgeport social news about these meeting minutes, the kid got right to work, suggesting to the club that they have a gospel singing night as entertainment as part of the jamboree. So 
Jeff wasn't going to uh, yeah wasted no time. wasted no time. He jumps right in, makes suggestions, and the board said we will uh, we'll take a look and see what we can do about that. Bears got to be really close to that time. Yeah, um, there's lots of mentions of what's going on to get ready for the jamboree. Obviously, the bicentennial. Uh, they're gearing up for that. Uh, Fiesta amusement is going to come in with 15 rides for everybody's enjoyment. There's going to be square dancing with, of course, the famous Don Willard of Vincennes on the call. Jackpot Horse Show, a quote-unquote possible stage for special Saturday activity. Don't know what that is yet. Uh, of course, the food stand at the Lion's Den. Um, and then in my notes, I just had that um, replacing Food of the Gods after a four-week run was the famous one flew over the cuckoo's nest. Um, I got to imagine that late nights after the party where Jim and Sherry got together out at the Moon Tower... I'm guessing that they all went out to uh, the football field for a sub uh, sub sub joint <laughs> joint subcommittee meeting, and uh, you heard something that went a little something like this. But what do you reckon you're gonna do? So I don't know, man. I'll probably end up signing. I just don't want to give in so easy. Man, it's the same bullshit they tried to pull in my day. You know, if it ain't that piece of paper, some other choice they're gonna try and make for you. You got to do what Randall Pink Floyd wants to do, man. Let me tell you this, the older you do get, the more rules are going to try to get you to follow. <laughs> you just got to keep living, man. L-I-V-I-N. <laughs> One of the great quotes in movie history, Chip Jamerson. Oh, yeah. And he's right. He's spot on on that. I mean, On the, uh, I, I don't have a whole lot. I'm going to wrap mine up here. Uh, Thursday, June 10th, school board meetings. You know we've had several controversial school board meetings and you know what is hitting the fan. As you said, we built a new uh, Unit 10 administrative offices, correct, Gary? Yes. Well, we were planning on it for sure. Well, we did works. it. We did it. But uh, several citizens joined with board members in a, as the Daily Record headline said, a big flap over what? What's everybody pissed off about? That's in Bridgeport? Yep. Big flap over green shutters, ladies and gentlemen. Everybody is very, very upset. The fact that they put green they shutters. Blue? Well, they put green shutters on this, uh, this uh, obviously, red brick building, and uh, we did not come to a resolution, but they are going to table it and discuss either black or white shutters for the building. So, What do we got on there now? Do we know? I don't know, but I should have. I drove around Bridgeport the other day. I should have looked. Uh, we hired Richard Dixon as a social studies teacher and uh, coordinator of basketball at the fifth and sixth grade level. Voted to continue uh, to be a member of the IHSA. In okay, so Dixon was not there. He did not coach fifth and sixth this year, and he was not the one that was given the Reader's Digest articles. Correct. So in the class that we mentioned earlier. Okay. Uh, now hold on. What was our what was the alternative to the IHSA? I don't know. I just know that <laughs> no, I just know they voted to continue to be a member of the IHSA. Well, that's good. What you do you think do in night? That, that's you have to do that every year. The school uh, okay. every, so they still do that today. You have to vote on. What it. do you really? think in nineteen seventy six that cost to join the IHSA to be a member in good standing? Right now, or back I know in, it's free. It now it's free, but I remember there used to be. Okay. I'm not sure what it was. Nineteen seventy six. 250 Good guess. 
twenty dollar bill. Okay, twenty bucks. Huh? $20 to the state. So there's that. I think uh, to as we start to wrap up this place, I'm I'm not sure that you didn't hear a speech like this many times as Baker Barker and the boys got together and talked. Well, all I'm saying is I just want to look back and say that I did it the best I could while I was stuck in this place. Had as much fun as I could when I was stuck in this place. Played as hard as I could when I was stuck in this place. Dogged as many chicks as I could when I was stuck in this place. (laughs) Fog hat. As Doug Hardacre drives the boys to go get Aerosmith tickets. Guys, that's going to wrap up 75-76. We've said it all. We've talked about it all in a nearly three-hour show. Chip, what all we talk about? Doug Farlow. Doug Farlow. Um, 119. Basketball, Mr. Huber's stipend. 119-pound Tim Rosen Rossborough. 215-pound deer that uh, Mr. Bridwell shot. Dirty pool. Joe Angle, first team punter in the NEC. Brett McKim yelling hot dog at the top of his football lungs. Mr. Hamill stipend and his two sons. Georgine Thompson. Schoolgirls report. The Triple X movie in Lawrenceville. <laughs> the Red Hill Rednecks. Jane Finley. The Jackass Queen. Bill Hardacre, everybody. Bill Hardacre had a big year. I think he's in the running for who won 75-76. I know Gary Gognit is. Um, Carl Ublacker getting called up from the K-5-6 center to put yeah, on the junior high team. <laughs> good call. Sherry Huff and Jim Baker making plans. Debbie Peterson. What a year. Mike Mann's older sister. Sk- school board flaps. That was a good school board year for sure. That was a good year. We've had a lot of fun doing it. If you're still listening to this, God bless you. I want to thank Dick Poppy and his estate for allowing us to go back and research all these stories on the daily record archives even if they didn't follow up on some of the stories we appreciate that it wasn't dick's fault dazed and confused 1975 1976 we're going to wrap it up now thank you so much for listening don't forget our sponsors gray's restaurant tyler griffin's pizza house people's state bank andrews insurance agency on behalf of the writers and directors of this show chip jamerson David King, Gary Emmons, I am Brian Emmons, and we are Red Hill. <laughs>